We're gonna get us started here. My name's Aaron. Uh, my wife's Kate. We're doing the sermon today together. Um, yeah, so we're continuing our series on Sabbath. And, but yeah, they, uh, they called on the V team today. So, uh, bear with us. Haven't done a sermon in quite a while, so um, a little rusty, but I'm excited to get to talk about this topic. Um, Sabbath specifically has really been like a, um, a huge help to me in some pretty difficult seasons. It's kind of been the like lack thrack for me in a lot of um, difficult times. Um, so I really am like excited that our church is doing this series. I think Sabbath's important, really great. And so I'm excited to get to share and talk about my experience with Sabbath today. Um, I started practicing Sabbath in 2014 when I was an apprentice with Focus. That was the first time I really learned what Sabbath was and what that could look like and how to practice it. Um, so since then, I've tried to practice that with some regularity on and off over the last 10 years. Um, so we'll share a little bit about that experience and what I've learned and what that's been like. And um, it's also been, I've learned how to, to try and do Sabbath in various different seasons and different work situations. So being an apprentice focus and then also uh, working remotely, which is different when you're working remotely and trying to do Sabbath. Um, and then also working a regular nine to five type job and trying to do Sabbath. And then now I'm currently in grad school um, and trying to do Sabbath and well being in school. So I've had some different phases of life where I've tried to fit in Sabbath. And so hopefully I can share some tips on how to fit that into your life today. Can you all hear me? It's good. Okay. Um, yeah, my name's Tate. If you don't know me, I'm really excited to be here. Um, and just talk to you guys. I've never been up here doing this, so Aaron's going to be um, here to clean up any mess that I make. But um, yeah, I've been at DNC since 2015, so been here a while. Um, but I've only been doing Sabbath since about 2020. Um, so yeah, started doing that during the pandemic, which, you know, everyone just was like trying to figure out <laughs> what to do during that time. Um, also was working remotely, and then now I'm working not remotely. So I've also kind of had a couple different seasons to learn and relearn and try to do Sabbath. Um, we definitely have not done it perfectly, and there's been seasons where we weren't, and we'll talk some about that. But um, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here and get to share with you guys. Yeah, so again, we're continuing our series on Sabbath. So far, um, we've talked about just the various ways that practicing what Sabbath can look like. Um, we've talked about uh, rest, mental rest during Sabbath. We've talked about resting from entertainment during Sabbath, and then last week we talked about um, how we can Sabbath together communally. It doesn't have to be just by yourself. So today, Tate and I are going to be talking about how Sabbath is an opportunity to be spiritually renewed. Sabbath is an opportunity to be spiritually renewed. So in order to do so, to be spiritually renewed during Sabbath, we need to be in the presence of the Lord um, and to be re spiritually replenished by him regularly. Um, an unrested heart is less likely to believe um, that this is possible, that Sabbath has the ability to do that. When we rest in the presence of God regularly, we'll, we will find peace for our souls and hope for the future. Our hope is that you leave today with a desire for God's presence and some practicals on how to seek spiritual renewal through your Sabbath time. 
So I'm going to uh, read Romans 15, 13 as our prayer uh, as we start today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, so before we uh, share some of our personal experiences with Sabbath, we want to give just a little bit of backstory just to the last couple of years for both of us, um, and then we'll talk about how Sabbath has played a role in our stories and really just been pretty life-changing. Um, so yeah, for me, um, in May of 2022, some of you know, um, I unexpectedly lost my job. I was given less than two weeks notice and was just not prepared at all, resume all that to look for another job. Um, in fact, we had just talked about me potentially getting a raise, so you can see how I was really shocked. Um, I worked at a startup company, so there was no severance package. It was just kind of chill, <laughs> um, nothing like that. Um, so yeah, not only was I really stressed about having to find another job, but we were living off of my salary primarily while Erin was in grad school and uh, was only able to work part-time. Thankfully, they worked it out and I was able to work a couple hours a week, but the rest of the time was just spent looking for jobs and preparing my design portfolio. Um, so yeah, you could just say things were really tight. Um, and suddenly I had hours of extra time and was significantly less busy. Um, I had all this time that I could be resting, but I felt really overworked, overwhelmed, and was full of worry and fear and insecurity. So fast forward six months later, after applying to job after job, I still didn't have a job, and then Aaron became very sick. Um, we didn't know what it was, and it was honestly extremely scary. Um, I'll let him tell you more about that in a little bit, but um, I was fortunate to have the time to take care of him, but medical bills going towards Aaron's health was just another thing that was added to our plates, and we were just not equipped for that. Um, it really just felt like one hard thing kept happening after another. I'm not trying to be a big downer, I'm just trying to be honest. Um, we didn't have any answers or idea of when things would resolve, and honestly, it felt like they never would. My life was less occupied, I had time to rest, but my heart and mind were full of anxiety, fear, and unbelief. I was losing hope and I had no peace, or I was just fighting to keep that little bit of peace that I did have. So yeah, like Tate mentioned, um, in November I became very, very sick. This was all of a sudden, um, I just started having all of these different symptoms out of nowhere. Um, I started having uh, body aches, joint pain, this extreme fatigue, uh, memory loss. Um, I was having difficulty just like remembering, having difficulty just putting my words together, remembering what task I needed to get done. It's getting numbness in my left arm and on my hand, heart palpitations, this like extreme anxiety. Um, I had basically become bedridden and Tate was having to just take care of me. Um, so to kind of describe the state that I was in, um, one of our doctors after several different scans and, um, he, he communicated with me, he's like, basically you're, you're operating at someone who's about 30 years older than you. Um, that, that was about how I felt. Um, but these sudden health issues were so shocking to me because I ate healthy, I exercised regularly, um, but all of a sudden my body was shutting down. Um, something was wrong, something was not working right. 
Um, so your symptoms are, are better today. I'm not completely back to normal, but I am doing much better. Um, but still not completely back to how I used to be. Um, and it's, it's definitely been the scariest um, season that I've gone through thus far in my life. Um, so during all of this, um, I was really forced to physically rest. That was the one thing that I found that helped was to lay down and rest. Um, so in order to do this, as I'm in grad school and teaching and taking classes, we have a studio on campus and we moved one of our sofas into my studio so that I could lay down and sleep in between uh, teaching and uh, working. So we had to just learn how to prioritize resting um, and slowing down. But even though my days were becoming less busy and slower, I still was full of anxiety. Um, I became just full of fear and worry as to what was happening with my body. My mind was racing with all the situations or things that could be going on. If it was cancer or dementia or stroke, we just didn't know. Um, and my mind was just racing with those things. I really had a hard time uh, believing that I would get better because it was lasting months and months and months. Um, so we were forced to learn how to find peace in the midst of all of this uncertainty um, of Tate not having a job, my health situations, um, and Sabbath rest played a major part in us learning how to actually find that peace and rest in the midst of all of this. Um, we didn't do it perfectly. Uh, we learned that one of the main things, though, is just because we were physically maybe resting, that that wasn't the only part of Sabbath. Um, but spiritual rest was also a big part of Sabbath. Figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you hear this and you're like, oh, I can relate. Or maybe some of you are like, this is crazy. No, I can't relate to that. Um, but I think that we probably all experience a time where we're physically resting or rested. So maybe a vacation or a trip or even just a weekend. So you're physically rested, but your heart and your spirits are just restless and you just don't know what to do with yourself. You're full of anxiety, worry, whatever. Um, so it's possible to Sabbath, but not focus on God and spiritually rest. Um, I really like what John Mark Gomer says about Sabbath being a time for our souls to catch up with our bodies. I think that's just a really helpful image. Um, so yeah, Sabbath can be an inside job. Um, I'm not saying that it's only an inside job, and I'm not saying that it has to be done alone. I'm saying that Sabbath should allow us the opportunity for our inner being to be spiritually renewed. Sabbath should change our hearts and our souls. Sabbath really can be that powerful. It takes time and consistency, as we've talked about. It takes practice, but it's possible for the Sabbath to provide us with an intense sense of hope and sense of peace during any circumstances. So yeah, we're going to flesh out a few points that capture the lessons we've learned over the last year or so and how Sabbath can bring us spiritual renewal. We'll also then share some practical things to try and hopefully provide you with some tools to engage with God during your Sabbath. So the first point that we're going to do is spiritual renewal is kind of like repairing a flat tire. <laughs> spiritual renewal is kind of like repairing a flat tire. Um, several years ago, I had a friend who needed um, a bike to get to and from work. Someone donated a bike, um, but it had a flat tire. So we were trying to get the tire repaired, and I tried to fix it myself. And I don't really know much about repairing bicycle tires. So 
try to repair it and get it back to them, uh, but then it became flat again really quickly. So this time I, I took it to a local bicycle shop um, and had them repair the tire correctly. And something that they did um, that a lot of you maybe are aware of, but I wasn't really aware of it, but they put the bicycle tire in water and rotate it so then any bubbles turned to the top to show where holes were that needed to be repaired. Um, this process um, was much slower. Um, as I watched them, it was not rushed, it was not hurried. Uh, they were careful and they were attentive to watching and seeing where maybe those holes in the tire would be so they knew how to repair it. So then um, I took the bike back to the owner that we had given it to. Um, and then just like a year or so later, I had I just saw him recently still riding and using that bike. Um, it's lasted um, all, these, all this time. Sabbath is like repairing that flat tire properly. It's not a quick fix. Um, Sabbath allows the time for a restorative process with God that is slower. It's not rushed. It's careful and attentive to his spirit. This is the kind of heart restoration that will last a long time. Um, it can be hard to identify what is causing our stress or worry or depression or so on. Um, and we may have slowed down, but still be feeling these things like Tay was mentioning. But when we go to God during Sabbath, he can help reveal those holes in our faith, so to speak. He can help point out, you know, what repairs need to be made. I not be, it, it might not be a quick process. It might take time, but the reward will be a repair to our hearts that gives us hope for what else he can do down the road what else he can do in our hearts, what else he can do around us, things like that. Letting him regularly work on us during Sabbath builds our hope and confidence in his return as well. We become more aware of our need for his help and desire for his good kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to share a couple repairs to my heart that the Lord has been working on um, doing Sabbath for myself. So due to my sudden change in health, um, I realized how much I thought I was kind of invincible. Um, all of these health conditions came up, and I just kind of had a mindset of, like, that kind of thing won't happen to me. Um, but this, I mean, I, I was debilitated <laughs> to, like, to an extent, um, and... I was faced with the fact like I'm not invincible. Like my life could change drastically in any moment. Any of our lives could drastically change in a moment. Um, so yet here I was relying on Tate and other people um, more than I ever had. Uh, I was in a situation that felt completely out of my control. Uh, we were struggling to diagnose what was going on. Um, and a lot of things that we tried were making symptoms worse or um, just not working at all. So I was really coming to terms with, I was not invincible, but what I really needed was God to be invincible for me. Um, and that's the lesson that I'm, that I'm learning, is that he is just, he is so powerful and he is so good and he is invincible and can take care of these things. Um, and I need to rely and trust in him more um, even when these things happen. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 12 says this, trust God from the bottom, and this is in the message. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. 
Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God, run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Another repair I've been recognizing um, through Sabbath is my insecurity that I have about my ability to communicate or express my ideas. I've always been a bit slower to gather my thoughts and articulate them. Um, that's been something I have been pretty insecure about over the years. And here I was struggling to just remember names, dates, and events. Um, and it's been even more challenging for me to put my words together at times. Um, it's caused me to kind of feel pretty useless at times. Um, and I think the thing the Lord is teaching me that is that my words and actions are important, but so is knowing him. I can sound and I can act like him, but I can still not know him. Um, I need to strive to continually know and understand him better. Romans 8, 6 says, The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. This is the best news that our time of Sabbath can repair any holes in our thinking and renew our perspective. We can begin to see and understand the realities of heaven, a world that goes beyond us and our circumstances. Sabbath gives us space and time to let our hearts mature, grow in wisdom, and find rest and peace. So our next point is repentance leads to spiritual renewal. Repentance leads to spiritual renewal. So a couple of years ago, when I first started to try to Sabbath, I was really just having a difficult time finding it restful and pleasant, to be honest. Um, it was not fun. Um, I realized that I just had several things that I needed to repent of in my life. Um, my heart just really needed to be healed. So confession time. Um, I just had a lot of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness towards some peers and family members that I needed to repent of. And that was just all coming to the surface when I would try and Sabbath. Um, it was a major source of frustration, anxiety, and discontentment. And I felt like God was calling me to deal with it. Um, so yeah, one example in particular was just needing to repent of the anger that I had towards my sister-in-law for divorcing my brother. Um, it caused a lot of hurt and confusion and arguments and just instability in my family um, and left their three kids in the middle of it. Um, I was just really close to her and it, it yeah, it was just really hurtful. Um, so yeah, there was just a lot of pain and frustration and it became difficult to Sabbath and rest because I was just distracted by these things and worried about my family and my brother and also her. Um, Another example is I'd also just faced some changes in friendships that were just hurtful, and I needed to repent of that bitterness that I was experiencing in those relationships. Um, and then most recently, I've had to repent of putting my hope and trust in finding the most ideal job after I lost my last job. Finding the perfect job honestly became an idol for me. Um, so before or during my Sabbath time, I started to acknowledge these feelings that I needed to deal with. God wanted to free me of all of these things, and he really did, as I repented and laid it all at his feet. As I continued to repent and forgive, I was actually able to find Sabbath to be restful and spiritually renewing. I felt lighter. I felt less weighed down by these burdens that I'd just been carrying around for so long. So now um, 
I try my best to regularly practice repentance and forgiveness like this. Um, now, I'm not saying that every single Sabbath, or even the majority of my Sabbath, is spent praying for hours and repenting and forgiving and like doing all this stuff because, yikes, <laughs> that does not sound fun or delightful. You know, we talk about Sabbath being a delight. Um, but yes, there has been a season where that's what I needed to do for a time, but that's not all the time. Um, what I am saying is that when I regularly practice repentance and deal with my unforgiveness or sin in my heart, I'm able to enter into Sabbath rest more easily and freely without being held back or distracted by these negative feelings or emotions or whatever. Yeah. I'm able to lay heavy burdens and restlessness at Jesus' feet and more freely delight in and enjoy my day of Sabbath. So yeah, this has just been crucial in cultivating a lifestyle of Sabbath and a spirit of restfulness into my life. Um, I also think that an, another reason practicing repentance um, during Sabbath is that our sin and our spiritual health affects not just us, but it also affects the people around us and especially the body. It is our responsibility as a part of the body to deal with our sin, especially when it includes one another. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And I, some translations say, watch over your heart. You've probably heard that too. But I think that just means you need to pay attention to what's going on in there. You know, if we have all this gunk, we need to pay attention to it. Um, so yeah, if I have unforgiveness towards someone in the body, that is not going to bring life and spiritual renewal. On the other hand, if I have been spiritually renewed through repentance and Sabbath and spending time with God, I can more effectively be a part of the body. Before I repented of these things, and gave those things to the Lord, like I've mentioned, I really was just kind of useless, <laughs> um, to be honest, and was even harmful to the body, I think. Um, and Sabbath just really gave me the space to work through all of that. So we need repentance so that we can more freely practice Sabbath without being weighed down by sin and heavy burdens. Practicing Sabbath illuminates our need for repentance, as well as gives us space and time to practice repentance. And practicing repentance regularly allows us to more freely experience the fruits of Sabbath rest. So the next point um, is a heart of rest is more likely to believe. Heart of rest is more likely to believe. Um, are you struggling to believe? Um, if so, maybe you need to rest with God. Um, it's hard to trust in something that you're unfamiliar with. <laughs> Regular time with God through Sabbath builds our faith and helps us resolve unbelief. Uh, when we stop, uh, when we don't stop to be in the presence of God, we put more of our trust in ourselves. We begin to lean on our own understanding, and we are shaped by the realities around us and not the realities of heaven and of the kingdom to come. Colossians 3, 1 through 4, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, you are real, you, and your real life is hidden in Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Living in the presence of God through Sabbath connects us back to him and leads us through the rest of the week. Um, the last several months, um, I've been struggling and having a hard time believing that God could heal my body um, and believe that he was willing to. 
Um, and we had gotten out of kind of our rhythm of practicing Sabbath for a little while. And my heart was beginning to lose belief just that he could do these things, that he could help, that he uh, was willing to help too. So we started picking up Sabbath again regularly um, a few months back. And on one Sabbath in particular, I felt like God told me to try to not think about my sickness. And this was really hard uh, and made me realize how much I had been fixating on it. Um, and during another Sabbath, I wrote down a bunch of scriptures on sticky notes to try and focus on instead of everything that might be wrong. Um, so just a few weeks ago, we, went, we took a weekend trip and we aimed to still continue Sabbathing on that trip. Um, so that sat on that Saturday. So leading up to that weekend, I had been feeling really bad, little sleep, very fatigued, very anxious. Um, but I had been trying to do better about continuing to communicate with God about that um, during Sabbath and then during the week. So that night on our weekend trip, um, that Saturday night, I woke up around 3 a.m., um, but I felt like the Lord was trying to share, communicate with something with me. I pictured myself laying down, lifeless and weak, and Jesus lifted me up towards God, and God prayed over me, kissed me, comforted me, and then had other people come and pray over me. I felt like God saying to me that he couldn't love me any more than he did at that moment. Whether this was a dream, a vision, or a hallucination, I, I, I believe that God um, was communicating that to me. I felt so much peace and hope. And even though I had been feeling pretty useless, I knew that he couldn't love me anymore. Um, I believe that um, if we hadn't been diligent about being in the presence of God during Sabbath, those following weeks, that my heart might not have been in the right place to receive a message like that that I might have missed it. Being diligent about resting with God on Sabbath um, was building back my belief that he could help and that he was helping. Psalms 27.4 sums up the desire for myself and for our community during Sabbath. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. I truly believe that Sabbath rest can help build a heart that is more likely to believe. A heart that's more likely to believe in Jesus, to believe in his abilities, to believe in his ways, believe that he is good, believe in his peace, believe that he is capable, he's present, believe that he will help, that he loves us, and believe that he will one day return. So our next point is Sabbath is about the presence of God. Sabbath is about the presence of God. An appetite for the presence of God is cultivated through Sabbath, or it can be cultivated through Sabbath. God wants to spoil our appetite for the things of the world with the taste of the kingdom, a generous portion of his presence and his peace. Uh, recently, I read a book called Mud and the Masterpiece by John Burke, and I want to share a quote from it that I think speaks to this really well. Jesus invites people to feast on a spiritual life that's so good, it satisfies our deepest spiritual hunger, 
and quenches our parched souls like living water. This offer of life comes from living by his spirit. Paul explained that this life welling up from God's spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The whole world runs after these things, but they think external plans or possessions or people will quench this thirst and satiate this gnawing hunger for a life that only comes from within by God's spirit. So I am guilty of thinking that external plans or success will give me this life welling up that he's talking about. And for me, this really just bubbled up to the surface when I lost my job and was looking for another job. Um, I've always been a really driven person. I come from a family of go-getters and entrepreneurs, and you can do anything you set your mind to. Um, and I was just really determined to get a job. I was like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. And I was going to get a good one. Um, when I lost my job, I, I knew it wasn't because of my performance or anything I did, but because of budget cuts. Um, but as I began to perform or build my portfolio and apply for jobs, my desire to be impressive and secure and get everything I wanted in a job was at an all-time high. And I came really close to some great job offers that I was really excited about. Um, I thought that I could be who God wanted me to be and really who I wanted to be through a job, through what I do. I wanted that to be the case, and I was going to do everything I could to make that happen. I had got to a point where I wanted a job and career success more than I really wanted to live a kingdom-centered life with God. I got to the point where I knew I was just gripping my life and my desires too tightly, and I needed to surrender all of those things to the Lord. I needed to surrender my desires for a job, my hopes, all of that. If I hadn't have been practicing Sabbath, I don't know if I would have realized this. So I told God, Lord, forgive me. You are more than enough and more than a job, career, or salary could offer. I give you my desires and my hopes for a job, and I trust you. I trust that you will bring a job that is good and what I need. You are what's best for me. Sabbath resets our desires. Jesus, just being in his presence helped me to see what was most important. If I hadn't stopped to Sabbath, my heart might have not been reshaped like it was. I really just felt like God was a good father to me during this time. He did what was best for me, and he showed me his goodness and replaced my appetite for the world with an appetite for him and his presence. And he's, now he's really blessed me with a great job, praise the Lord, um, and there's just great people at that job, and he's just given me a lot of peace because I know he's with me and he's helping me. We're probably all familiar with um, Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. In order to taste and see that he is good, I didn't need to achieve all of these things. I didn't need to do all these things and apply for all these jobs and get a good job. I just needed to Sabbath. I just needed to stop and be with him. I learned about his goodness by just being in his presence. That is where he began to reshape my desires and my heart, not by giving me my dream job or salary. God invites us to taste and see that he is good. When we get a taste, our appetite for more of him grows. Our appetite for the right things that truly satisfy grows. 
not the junk food that this world has to offer. Again, God wants to spoil our appetite for the things of the world with the taste of the kingdom. He wants to give us a generous portion of his presence and peace because he knows that what he has to offer is so, so much better than anything the world can. So maybe you're hearing that and you're thinking, I don't have an appetite for him. What is that like? I don't, I don't feel that. Um, so maybe you need to ask the Lord for a snack. I don't know, ask him for a little taste. Um, really though, I think, I mean, ask him. The Lord can be silly like that. Um, but he wants us to experience his love, his peace, his leadership, his kindness, his healing, his freedom, his friendship. He is a generous father who loves to give gifts to his children. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to change in order to receive his love. We just get to freely receive it. Matthew 7:11 says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? When we experience his presence and his love, we are transformed, replenished, and renewed. All right, so we're going to give you some practicals as we kind of move towards closing. Um, so we've, we'd like to just suggest some specific things that you can do during your Sabbath time to help you rest in the presence of God um, and build your belief in him. Uh, we believe these things can replenish you spiritually and bring renewal because they, they have for us. Uh, we aren't suggesting that you fill your entire Sabbath with all of these different things we're suggesting. Um, these are just giving you a bunch of different things that you can choose from and you can pull one and hopefully it's helpful for you. So one in particular that's really been helpful for me over the last 10 years um, that's really helped me take my Sabbath time from just being like restful and fun to being spiritually renewing is writing down confessions and praises. It's that simple. And I stole it from somebody else. Um, it really has been the one thing that like really shifts it from being this just restful, enjoyable day to really being something that I'm now my attention is on Jesus. Um, and I'm aware of him throughout the day as I go about doing these fun things with friends or being outside and doing things, whatever. Um, so what this looks like is it's just I will write down confessions, anything, anything that I need to confess. If I've been worried, if I've um, you know, not trusted in certain situations or certain things, um, yeah, any other sin or just things going on, and I write those down. And then I write out praises, thanks to God just who he is and what he's doing, how he's working, things like that. And I do my best to do it slowly, not to just rush through and try and write those out really quickly, but to write one down, take a second to listen and see if the Spirit's responding, if he's saying something to me. Um, if he's pointing me to a scripture or reminding me of a truth. Um, and then sometimes I write that down, if I remember a scripture or he kind of says something to me. Um, so yeah, it's that, it's that simple. And it can also be done with other people. You don't have to do it by yourself. You can share confessions with somebody or roommate or friend or spouse and, um, and then pray prayers, pray prayers of praise to God together. Um, so yeah, that's an easy one and one I would highly recommend. Um, so I usually do that at the beginning of my Sabbath and then move on and do the, like, maybe the more 
fun things for the rest of the day. Um, get the harder part, you know, done at the beginning. Um, another one is, that we've kind of talked about and we've in our small group videos talked about is having a Sabbath ritual at the beginning of Sabbath. So maybe that's um, listening to a certain song or reading a certain um, prayer or a certain scripture, lighting a candle, being in a certain space, in a certain chair or a room, but having some sort of like ritual that helps you kind of set the tone for that day that this is, I'm transitioning from my normal week into my Sabbath time. I'm giving this time to God. Um, and maybe it's a collection of some of those things, but having something that helps kind of break the pattern you've been in from the week and setting that ritual, that routine of Sabbath with God. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so something that I um, would suggest that's been really helpful for me in my Sabbath practice is what I call tossing practice. Um, actually, I don't call it that. My friend who taught it to me calls it that. It's kind of a silly name, but it's a helpful kind of image. Um, so yeah, the way it works is really simple. Um, whatever issue or problem you're having, or maybe it's an emotion or something you just kind of feel stuck with, um, you toss it to God. Um, so God, I give you my worry about the situation. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't want to carry it anymore. Please carry it for me. And then I ask what he wants to toss back to me. Sometimes it's a truth, a scripture, just a sense of his comfort or his presence. Um, maybe it's a, a new feeling or maybe it's compassion on someone or um, even myself. Um, and you can do this alone with God or you could also do it with a friend like Aaron's done it with me before who can just help me discern maybe what God's saying to me or what he's tossing back to me. Um, and then I just commit to carrying that thing that he gave me and I thank him for it. I mean, for me, this was, was specifically helpful in practicing repentance um, that I talked about earlier. I would toss the situation or the feeling that I needed to repent of and see what he wanted to give me in return. Um, and again, this can be during your Sabbath time, but it also could be before or during the week. Um, but I regularly just try practicing this so that I can rest and Sabbath. Um, another quick thing is just that, that I think is really spiritually replenishing is to just worship and sing. Um, so make a playlist of worship songs that you can go to during Sabbath. You can listen to it alone or listen to it with people um, or just have it on in the background to like remind yourself to connect with him throughout the day. Um, another is just remind yourself of promises in scripture or things that the Lord has told you. So you can write them on note cards or have a specific journal for that, but just review them and remember them and let his spirit encourage you. Another is just to go outside and go for a walk or sit and just pay attention to his creation. Think about his creation, praise him for his creation and just how weird it is and how beautiful it is. Um, and this is something you can do alone or with others, but just be in awe of God and worship him. Um, share with your friends or family what God is doing in your life. That is a way for me to really focus on him. And then lastly, just gather some friends to worship together. Grab a guitar or a playlist or whatever and just worship and praise him together. Then conclusion, um, our prayer for our community is that we would continue growing in our practice of Sabbath um, and that we are able to be renewed by the power of the Spirit through that practice. 
that we find lasting rest and peace for our heart and our mind um, through Sabbath, that we would grow our belief and our trust in him as well, and that as we desire more of God and more of his presence, um, he would just fill us and direct us and guide us then through the week uh, leading up to her after Sabbath as well. Ball paper. Lord, we just thank you for being present with us. Help us to just rest in your presence. Lord, just give us a taste. Help us to taste and see that you are good. And just teach us how to Sabbath. Teach us how to, to rest in you. Lord, just shape our hearts to look more like yours. Lord, we just love you and thank you for being with us here today and just ask that you be with us through this week. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much. Such a treat. I um, it's it's there's so many facets that we've been talking about Sabbath. So if you're someone who only listened to a couple of these sermons, um, and you're or you're just like it's your first Sunday here, and you're like just so confused, like man, they're going deep on this thing. What the heck? I think I remember that word being used in the Old Testament, and then we come the New Testament, and that's it. So we're not trying to be weird. We're not trying to be hip and and crazy and and whatever, and just false sort of trend. But this is something that we've been talking about partly because we just noticed. On so many levels, the the exhaustion that we experience as human beings, um, both in terms of just work, physical, and our physical bodies, and mentally and um, and spiritually, that's something we've seen as a theme in just our world lately, including in our church. And so, uh, looking at the Bible, you see this this trend, this thing is established early in the beginning that God made very purposefully this one day to rest. He called it holy, and it calls us to rest and gives it to us as a gift. And so this series has been us trying to take little pieces at a time to try to understand how, how this might be something that God wants us to still be doing because he you know, so purposefully put this in the beginning uh, of creation. And maybe it might be helpful to us in our various exhaustions, <laughs> in our mental um, just exhaustion, in our anxiety, our stress, our depression, our just lack of time, our all these things that many of us, when we talk together, we talk about what's hard, what's going on in our lives, um, that this might be a way that, that God can work through those things with us. And so anyway, just I invite you to, if you're confused, um, to listen to some of the other sermons as well, and you can hear the context of which it's in. And so helpful to have Peyton specifically talk about spiritual replenishment. We kind of put it a little bit at the end, um, or not the end, but kind of the later half, I guess you could say. And we've been talking about a lot of the practical initial things first, including just like dusting off this old idea, dusting off the, the Sabbath thing that's been sitting on the shelf for many of us as Christians for a long time. And just kind of being like, okay, well, we're going to approach this in a new way. Maybe it's small. Maybe it's an hour or two or three. So if you're feeling a little overwhelmed and you're like, man, not only are we taking a whole day, but we're starting off like writing confessions and all that kind of stuff. I get that can sound pretty um, pretty intense to start out but just take your time and don't be don't let the the daunting kind of nature of it be something that prevents you from trying it out a little bit because I think God has something really important he wants to do in your life by giving him space um, to use that and to improve your uh, your mental health your physical um, replenishment from resting your spiritual 
and just what's going on in your heart, as well as, as we talked last week about Sabbath being communal, it's a way for us to be able to invite people into our homes and be invited into others' homes and be part of each other's lives. So there's many aspects of this. So just, yeah, I know I've said that a couple of times where we talk about one thing, and I want to remind you that there's a bunch of aspects to this, but just don't forget that. Um, so my name is Joshua. I'm one of the staff here. If you're wondering, why is this guy talking? He just got up and we already have a sermon. Um, so I'm one of the staff here, and if it's your first time here, we are so glad you're here. And we've had a couple guests, some family and stuff like that over here we got to meet this morning. We're glad y'all are here. Uh, our mission here at the church is to make immature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. And our vision is to be a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. That's what is all over everything that we do and defines everything that we do. One thing I love about some of the points that Pig and Aaron were making, especially about just having space to believe again these good things about God. And when we crowd our lives and our lives get crowded by other things, it is hard to maintain that belief about these things that are that God is really good, wants what is best for us, is our good, good father, all that stuff. And so being a place where our hearts are turned toward God's God and life, our lives are changed is the most important thing. So many of the things we could get rid of and just focus on that. And so um, are any of us here because we are good? No, we're not. We're here because God is good. I think deep in ourselves, we know that to be the case. So I just appreciate that reminder from you guys this morning. Um, some announcements. Did you say, say that earlier or something? Oh, no. Oh, are you? Right. Sorry. Okay. I didn't give people a lot of time to raise their hands. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. If anyone is here because they're good, please let me know. Um, so a couple of things. One thing I want to say, we are getting toward the later into the summer, which means that, um, that our students are going to start coming back. Some of you guys are already back, but we'll have students coming back, moving in the next, you know, several weeks. It'll be kind of a slow trickle, I think, in some ways. And then one Sunday, there might be like tons of suits here. So just be ready for that. Our church believes very, very much in young people, both the kids that we have kind of making noise over in the other rooms and all the way up to college students, because these people are the future of the church, future of what God's doing in our world. So we are big believers and students. And so Focus is a ministry that we invest heavily in. We love what they do on our campuses, and how much they love students and care about sharing Jesus with them. So if you are one of the students, you already know this to be the case, but if you're not, as you see students coming and new faces or faces that maybe you haven't seen in a few weeks, make sure to welcome them. They may be like, oh, we're in a new building now. We change locations or whatever, but get back in the zone of like, I'm gonna talk to new people or people I haven't you know, seen in a little while and be excited about students coming back. And uh, we love that. That is something that is really important about our church. So if you don't love that, start loving it. Start loving it. <laughs> Um, uh, okay, first thing, we have two babies that were born this past week. We had the new housing baby, Kingsley, and the new Smith baby, Owen. They both were born. So we have meal trains set up for them. We want to help these families just in a simple way of giving them some good food to eat and help them transition into having kids in the housing's case. It's their second one, so they're a family of four now. Reagan and John's case, it's their first. And so just we want to do that in a practical way and love them through food. Um, we all love being loved through food. Amen. So I don't have the links up here for you. We'll get those later. But it is on our uh, Mighty Networks, which is like our internal social network. So you can find the links there. It's also on the men's group me. And I think it's possible someone posted on the women's group me too. I'm getting a nod. So please sign up for those. If you're not a chef, um, which I'm not either, then you can just pick up something and drop it off uh, from a restaurant or something, order something to them. 
or whatever, but don't let, you know, various things like that get in the way of, of you uh, being able to love these families that we love so much and care about their little ones. So um, there's details on those, on those um, meal train pages about like just dietary stuff and different things you gotta consider. So make sure you read the details there. But let's fill that up, sign the heck out of that thing and um, get all of those dates very full and love on those new families and just praise God for new little ones. So um, the next thing is the ladies lunch is today after church. Hey oh, this is gonna be at Darby and Drew's house, which I think, he got it, he got it. Worthy, guys. Here's the address. Bring your own lunch and a drink or something if you want. And get to hang out, have fellowship, free friends together, and don't miss it. You're invited. You're just not hearing about it for the first time right now. You're invited. Don't worry about it. Um, just grab some lunch after and go hang out. The men's breakfast is going to be on July 29th at 9 a.m. We're still getting some details figured out about like exactly where it's going to be. But you're very invited to that. We make the breakfast for you. So you just come hang out. We get to hear devotion, talk about what God's doing in our lives a little bit, and just get to be dumb and say dumb things to each other and be silly. And sometimes make a mess of somebody's kitchen, and then we clean it up. So great. So please come to that. Um, and then the Family Church's swim party is on July 30th. And I, just, I did a long time about this. Okay, sweet. You got it. Uh, I did long about this last time. July 30th. Put this on your calendar right now. This is an annual event that we like to do. We did miss, I think, a year or two at some point during COVID. And then we came back and it was like just the best thing ever. We get to spend time with our other churches and our family of churches across the DFW area. There's four other churches and a bunch of focus at campus ministries as well. We get to hang out, eat ice cream, swim. It's at this location in Louisville, which is not that far from us, that has cool slides and a bunch of pools, and I think it has a lazy river, yeah. which, yes, oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. So the we just we rent it out, and we just go crazy, and we eat ice cream and hang out. So please come to this. It'll be so fun. If you're someone who has graduated, and some of your friends had to go elsewhere to get jobs and stuff like that, and they're at a different church, you get to see them again, which is great. So it's like a family reunion. But if you're not, and you don't know people at our other churches, that's not the main reason to come. Come with us. We get to go eat ice cream together. And you get to meet a bunch of people that are some of our favorite people in the whole world. And so it's just great. Please, please don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. The next thing is that to, to end our Sabbath um, series, our Sabbath sermon series, we are going to be doing a Sabbath meal uh, on the morning of August 13th. Just put that on your calendar. It's going to be a potluck-style deal. We've done these uh, several times in the past year where we just, you bring something that you love, that you want to share, and we'll eat together, we'll enjoy each other's company, and then we may sing a few worship songs, but there's not going to be a huge agenda to it. It's just going to be about eating together, enjoying together, and um, being to fellowship. So put that on your calendar, August 13th. Um, if you want to give to help make, meet needs in our community and help church our church happen, we will, our biggest priority is investing back into you. So you can do that at dittonorthchurch.com slash donate. Also on Venmo at Denton North Church. You can do recurring or one-time gift. And now here is chapter two of announcements. So those are all the usuals. Here's chapter two. Yeah. The appendix, if you will. Okay. So on a typical Sunday, there are a bunch of moving parts, for like even a little church like ours, we try very hard not to overcomplicate things, sometimes to, a, uh, to our detriment, maybe. <laughs> um, but there's things like chair setup, sound setup, worship, um, computer slides, communion, kids ministry stuff, coffee team, and probably some things that I'm forgetting. 
And so all of those things work like uh, sort of uh, decentralized. That's the word everybody knows now because of crypto stuff or whatever, Adam's nodding. But we just, it's like a decentralized way of getting church to happen so we can come together, worship together, hear God's word. And that's also a little challenging. We have people who do those things really faithfully every single week. And then we have times where we're kind of struggling to get some of those needs met. You knows we haven't had sound consistently for the past couple of, maybe about six weeks or so. And um, sometimes now in our new building, we've had some different challenges about like some of this, the basic setup stuff. Our chair people have done that really well. We're gonna kind of add in some new things like they need us to take care of trash whenever we finish what we're here on Sundays. And we've got the banner we put up outside and stuff like that. And also green team, for my green team. Sorry, Mitch. Um, I said slides. Yep, yep, sorry. Gotcha. What's up ahead of you? Anyway, two areas that I want for you guys, we desperately need some help with. And we need help not just like a um, come and do a couple of things. We need someone to kind of like really take ownership and really care deeply about and help us organize and rally other people to do it as well. Sound, you probably guessed it. And then also kind of the chair, trash, banners, various other setup things. Those are two different things on Sunday mornings. And we really need help with those, not just, like I said, not just come and do some tasks, but people to come help lead those things. So please think deeply about if you have time on Sunday mornings, you can do that. It doesn't take time very much at all outside of church on Sunday mornings during the week. But this is something that's really important to our church community. And there's some people who are already doing a lot of stuff and including things on Sunday morning, and they just can't do it. So we can't sometimes be end up asking some of the same people to do things who have already shown themselves to be people who are pretty selfless and willing to, to do stuff, but they're already booked. They're already doing stuff. And so I want uh, all our church to just know that's a need. We don't have a solution right now figured out about sound. We don't have a solution figured out right now about consistent cheer, banners, trash setup. And so we need y'all's help. Um, just think about it, not guilting any of you guys, but I really love it. if one of you is like, yeah, I've been looking for a way to get involved and um, I can do that kind of stuff. I can lead it, I can help organize it. I can kind of create a schedule or something like that. Please think about it, talk to me or Leslie or another leader you know in our community, and we'd love to get you set up there and resource you, but also let you run wild. If you wanna set up a schedule that's really weird and crazy, you can do it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna micromanage you. We want you to go crazy, okay? Sound schedule, go crazy with it. If you wanna get you know, 16 people on sound team and people only do it once every six weeks, that'd be crazy. You could do it if you want. Or if you wanna have just two people and do it every week, that's a little, we've done that before. You could try it if you want. With the trash schedule, if you want to get like four different teams where it's like simultaneously the tiers are getting set up while people are also taking out the trash and someone's setting up all the banners and it's like very well resourced, you can do that. You can do whatever you want. We don't need to run crazy with it. We're not going to micromanage you. We need someone who wants to take charge. Any questions about that stuff? Sweet. Cool. Oh, yeah. And also, Anne texted me an announcement that I forgot. Um, so, and she's emphasized it too. <laughs> so, Garvey and Drew's baby shower is coming up soon too. Uh, it's going to be, it's their house, right? Yeah, their house, 2015 years old. And it is on August 5th, which is a Saturday, from 10 a.m. to 12. It's going to be the morning. We're going to hang out. We're going to celebrate their little one coming in October. Is that right, Drew? Yeah. June, October sometime. Nice. So we put that in the calendar too. But they spun the calendar, all good things, nothing to complain about. Amen. Okay, that's all. Let's uh, chat and share and all that stuff. Thank you guys so much.
Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.